All right, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. It's it's early, man. To the <laughs> back to seven talks uh, yes. episode that I'm really really excited about. Absolutely. To the left of me, I got brother Joshua. How you doing? This I'm morning? doing well, my brother. How we doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. Brother Kayla. Morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? Man, good, good, good. So you know the topic of today been heavy on my heart. You know, and um, a few of our listeners who listen faithfully, they asked, where was last week's episode? (laughs) (laughs) And and in full transparency, man, I I couldn't bring myself to the mic for last week's episode. You know, I was still in a place of needing to process um, not only the death of the unarmed African-American woman, EMT, who lied in her bed asleep as police entered her home firing shots that claimed the life of... Breonna Taylor, but also mm. to not receive any indictment in regards to her death, but for the indictments to be based on endangerment, which clearly spoke loudly to the African-American community that the walls that were shot in, what I say, you know, was a home invasion, really, right. has more value in the eyes of America than the life of an Amer- African-American woman. Um, mm. I wasn't ready to step to the mic, you know, and talk about anything other than that. And... um what we're speaking about today, but today, on today, I, I'm ready. <laughs> right. I'm ready, you know. So let's start off with this. Malcolm X said the most neglected, disrespected, unprotected person in America is the black woman. Wow. And um, I believe that the African-American woman is the strongest being uh, being known to mankind from what she has endured and furthermore so right. what she has overcome and how she overcomes it. Um, every woman has their plight, their journeys, but because our deepest regards and sentiments are with African-American women, uh, this is who we want to focus on in this space on today. So um, I refuse to have this conversation without having an African-American woman here to not only speak, but to teach and provide us with some perspective. So today, it is an honor to have with us one of our special guests for this episode who really needs no introduction, <laughs> but she is the founder of the Hey Kids Network and also the Hey Girlfriend Network, which serves and supports a multitude of women here in Los Angeles for over the past decade. So it is an honor to have with us, and because we don't have no claps, we're going to nah, use our physical up, hands yes. and say good morning to Miss Cynthia Billingsley. <laughs> Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, this form is and platform is definitely needed because to, to talk and try and figure out some things because we have faced the most ultimate devastation across the board in all aspects of life. So I thank you for having me and let's get it started. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to jump right in today. We wanted to use the opportunity to not just assume and to not Let us just speak on what we think or what we know, but speaking on African-American women and your um, service to African-American women, we felt like we just had to have you on. So, again, we thank you for being here. Um, Here's here's our first question. We know that proudness lies within our heritage of who we are always, but I wanted to propose the question, what does it mean to or how does it feel, rather, to be an African-American woman present in these times? Well, um, I, I would say that it, it's something that's been ongoing for years, and now it's really coming to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, we can go back to, um, to 
back back in the day when um, black women weren't treated well by white men yeah. and everything. So this is a long, long history that has carried over, mm-hmm. you know. So it's 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 disheartening, but we have to find some kind of light out there because we, we know what's happening with how white people treat black people in general. So that also includes the black female. So we just have to say, what can we do to avoid it or come face to face with it? You know, pretty much, you know, just, you know, whether it's in the workplace or personal, you can't just let them keep doing things. So, yeah. you know, put a stop with, stop them in a trap, right. you know, but when it comes to law enforcement, that's a whole different issue because they have the so-called power. And as we can see, they're, they're getting away literally with murder. Right. So I'm still trying to figure out how we can handle that, you know, because those officers getting off and, and that only one officer being charged just because he shot in someone else's home that happened to be white people is absolutely ridiculous. So it, it's going to start from the top and work our way down to the bottom. Or maybe we have to work the reverse, yeah. the bottom to the top and the government officials because we got a fool in office. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. absolutely agree. Cynthia, what do you think us as black men could do better in regards to protecting our sisters? Or is that even a conversation? I, I've had that conversation um, with several people. Um, and I just think to be more vocal and everything, um, see something, say something pretty much, right. yeah. you know, and, and just not sit back and be like, you know, <clears throat> no, that's not my business. It, it's all our business. Right. You know, especially black men, you have a black mother, um, everybody, a black man has a black mother, period. You may not have a lot of black females in your surroundings, but still, you, you've had some kind of dealings with a black woman for the most part, most people, most black men have. So I just say, just be a vocal point and say, if you see something, say something, you know, help us out because, you know, a lot of times black women say, okay, I, I can't worry about if the man is going to help me, we go sit right on it, onto the plate and get it get it going right. but we 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 need y'all now in a huge way right, yeah, right. so i just don't know how we can become uniform in that but like like i said this type of form is is well is open and welcoming to um get the conversation going to see what 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 kind of plan of action we have like i'm almost nervous for november 3rd because mm-hmm. it's it's go it's go go it's, it's, it's go go either way but i think if it goes in the wrong way um for Biden, which is the right way for us, in my my opinion, hit Trump supporters are going to act a plum fool, right. and I don't know if we'll have a lot of big problems out, out of California and stuff because we're a blue state. But I think in those southern states and all of those states, they, they're going to catch it, yeah. you know, from the racist white people. So I don't know. I I, I just really black organizations and and grassroots advocates they're going to have to be prepared for that, even with the voter intimidation at the polls. You know, we need hopefully some like like Trump supporters are going now to um they said they're going now to make sure that things go right. Go right means go right for him. Right. So we need some black folks we have to pose to make sure things right. go right. That's, you know, you right. know. So it's just crazy because he 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 says says things in code all the time, but he knows who he who he's talking to. Yeah. You know, so it's uh, I, I I don't know. I, I'm just at a loss because I just can't believe we're really going through this right now with this sick man in office and he's deranged. Right. Yeah. So I just think black men and black women and a black community as a whole really needs to get it together 
and just be on one accord at least once in our lifetime and stuff. Just say, okay, let's unify to figure out something. Right. You know, even if we got to take people to the polls or make sure older older people get their ballots in, you know, things of that nature, you know, and just make sure that we don't see anybody intimidating like people at the polls. Right. Yeah, but I know there's a lot of organizations that are helping and stuff. I think we just need to do more because it's, it's a lot of, of um, area to cover. Okay. okay. Um, my, I have a question. This is Akila. Hi, how you doing? Um, yeah, fine. Thanks. Do you feel that black man has failed a black woman in any sense? Um, I I I don't want to use that such a strong word. And people listening, some may disagree because they may have a. Everybody has their own personal relationship, whether it's a personal relationship or a business relationship. And it, I just feel. I think, to tell you the truth, I think people have failed people as a whole, mm, you know, and period, you know, whether it's people of a different color. I mean, but we're black. Uh, I think we're all black on this panel. Um, yes, 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 ma'am. Um, so, but in a sense, some people may say that, but I think that comes more to personal relationships like um, parents or kid, father or mm. something like that. So I think that that gets away. But I think. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I'm, I'm going to say no, but I think more can be done to boost the community, right. you know, and everything. So I'm not going to just say discourage, you know, with the black male and everything, because I think a lot of black men have went through something as well as black women. So I think, I don't know, we all probably need a therapy session. <laughs> 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 that ain't the truth. And it's the right. I think it, it might stem from childhood, but I and and it, it and it could be in any culture. So yeah. I'm not gonna just say black men have failed black women and stuff. Yeah. I think we've all in some form maybe have a contributed that we failed each other. Yeah. So and, and we can make it right. Yeah. You know, we can make it right. We can we we still on earth, we can make it right. And stuff. So, and you know, a lot of times we have to let go of past issues and everything, and get through that and move forward. So, um, I'm not just gonna put a jacket on black men like that. Yeah, right. yeah, no, that's that's thank you. That's Cynthia. definitely appreciated. Thank you. That mm-hmm. was a, that was a deep question from brother Akila. <laughs> right, and, you threw and, you threw and, me a curveball with yeah, that. I got nervous. If you, you could have seen my eyes, because <laughs> I, I, I know as an African American male, what I contribute to the african-american right, woman right, right and we don't we that's definitely a stigma it was good to that, hear that, that yeah but yeah, yeah it's, it's that. that's that's what we here for perspective um, right right I, I, right I, exactly and, on assumptions right. right and you can do a survey on that and you may get a totally different answer and yeah. stuff but um you know but we got to look at ourselves as well absolutely absolutely miss mm-hmm. cynthia let me ask you what's the conversation like um, I know what it's like from a man, but what is the conversation like from a woman when raising up an African-American child? Now that I can't answer because I don't have any kids personally, okay. but, um, you know, but I can just say what I've heard from my friends who, um, you're talking about single parents? Um, single parents, whether it's uh, on the stages of mentorship, um, anybody who's having that conversation with any youth who, okay. who may not have that. Well, that's habits. a huge issue. Yeah, that's a huge issue. So I can't speak on that a little bit. It's just not going to be a personal perspective. But just from mm-hmm. dealing with people through my networks and everything, mm-hmm. a lot of women need that 
if if this kid, the some father isn't in the kid's life, yeah. the child's life, they need more more mentor programs. We need some more black youth programs and everything because it's so many kids that um are lost to tell you the truth yeah. and everything. So um, if they can't get the um, male companionship or the need to have a father figure from the mom, of course, you know, the, a lot of mothers do their best to do both parts, but really. If they don't, if the man isn't in their life, they really need somebody. If it's not a grandfather or uncle or somebody to give that child, just hey, like come on, let's go to the park. Um, let's do this, let's do that, or whatever. Or, let me show you this and everything. Let me show you how to fix this tire. Let me show you how to do this when you're, you know, and everything. And and not just saying for repairs. I'm just saying a, a, a male perspective and everything. So a lot of kids are are lacking that. And then if if they start going to their friends or who may be involved in other things, whether it's um, drugs or gangs. To me, that's where it all starts and everything. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to, and I, I'm not saying all single parents, um, all single um, kids from single parent homes go to gangs or drugs or anything like that, mm-hmm. but there's a huge part that do and everything. So I'm glad you brought that question up because that's something that we probably need to um, try and get more organization involved, but Josh's um, organization is good to get kids um, into programs and everything. And uh, Leanne, I know you probably hire people that, you know, um, in your plays and your play scripts and everything. But I think that there definitely needs to be more. You know, there used to be an organization, I think, out here on Normandy or something, the Boys and Club. And I know they help a lot, but it's, it, it has to be a need. And now with COVID, kids are just lost. They, they, yeah. they're, they're bullying people on, on a Zoom classes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, it's like who's watching who and everything. So I, I think kids need more d- directions, especially at a young age, because once they start getting to teenage and all of that and social media, it, it's kind of hard to reel them back. I mean, it's possible, but it's kind of hard okay. and everything. So, yeah, no, that in that sense, yes, we definitely need more big brothers. Okay. Yeah, okay. to uh, these um, single parent homes, you know, because I always get post um, requests from people saying, hey, my kid is acting up. I'm, is there any male mentorship that you know about and all of that? And, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I try and find them some that, you know, at that time, but we, we definitely need some more in the inner city for sure. Absolutely. Right. I agree. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Cynthia, mm-hmm. um, just real quick, what was it like for you growing up as a young African-American woman? Um, thankfully <clears throat> it, it wasn't that bad. I mean, I, I grew up in a different era. I was raised by my um, grandparents in South Central. My mom died when I was three years old and my, my father was, um, he was busy. So my grandparents, which was his parents, uh, um, they took on the task, which I, I thank God for. So I didn't have to go to a foster home or, or stay with other relatives. And I grew up in South Central at a time where it, it was not as bad as it is now. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say that, you know, and then I, I had a different type of education. I live right down the street from Fremont High, but I um, went to school in, in white areas. And, you know, we, um, I was part of the beginning of the busing program. Wow. So that gave me a different perspective, too, of um, how other people live and everything. So I think growing up in the inner city, you know, a lot of people – make it out and some people don't right. and i and even with i have a lot of relatives who still live in the inner city they're, they're unchanging unfortunately and i and i have tried you know if anybody follows me on social media 
I try and provide the best resources possible that I have in my midst to share with others to do different things, different programs, different ways to get out. But some people, unfortunately, they're not going to change. I, I share the same things with my family firsthand because that's my family mm-hmm. and um, they're comfortable. Right. So I don't know how to break that comfortable status, mm-hmm. you know, because some people, they don't understand life past west of, of Lafayette. Mm-hmm. You know, and if, it, if you guys can kind of understand what I'm saying. So when you take them out of their comfort zone, they kind of like, oh, what, what all this? Take mm-hmm. me back to the hood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how to act. Yeah. And uh, so why don't you know how to act? It's simple. People on the other side of the track, they don't they they may have a little bit more money or anything or something like that. But they're still people. They're still human. So you know how to lift a fork to your mouth. You know how to say hello to somebody. Right. Right. But they're but they're so uncomfortable. You know, one time I had a cousin who was released from jail, and he had been there a couple of years. And I just took him, I probably took him to like a sizzler when he first got out. And he, he was looking around. I got nervous because I'm looking around. I said, what's wrong with you? He said, don't take me to these fancy restaurants. And I'm thinking to myself, sizzler? But he was so uncomfortable. You know, he wanted a tam in, in, in South Central. And yeah. so, so it just, I think it's just more just trying to um, teach people some teachable moments, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, you know, this life we're in, it's, it's, it can be rough, but look to different aspects of life, different perspectives and everything. Don't be a scared. Don't be a scared of change. Yeah, change is good right. sometimes. Yeah. So I, I was okay growing up in South Central, but now my same neighborhood is, is 10 times rough. And then I mean 10 times rough. Wow. Yeah. So. Okay. So, Miss Cynthia, we, we, we thank you for your perspective on today. And before we let you go, um, just to keep the time in the right space, I do have a last question for you. Um, to the African-American young lady listening to this podcast who may feel in these times an overload of uncertainty, what would be your words of encouragement to her? Um, I would just tell it um that person or anyone else just to stay encouraged um find someone that can help you and excel in whatever issue that you're going through you know um whether you're dealing with the loss of a parent dealing with um, an illness of someone uh, their own illness um loss of a family member work financial find someone that is um that can help you you know reach out to um your family or friends or, or outside groups, out, community outreach groups. Uh, my name is Cynthia Billingsley. I'm on Facebook. You can reach out to me. I can see if I can try and find um, someone, an expertise in that area to help you get through something, or whether you need therapy, whether you need a new job or whatever. We just do our best to put out the resources to help you. So don't be discouraged because when people I feel that are discouraged and feel alone, that's when they start having other type of thoughts. And, you know, that yeah. may not be, that may not be helpful yeah. and everything. So I just, I, I, I hate to hear that anyone may be that discouraged where they're just despondent and they just give up and just going through life day to day and everything because it, it, there's, there's avenues to help and everything. It may be a process, even if someone needs housing, it may be a process, but you just got to go through it and just keep your head up and stay faithful and everything and just work, work it out. Absolutely. Work it out. Find somebody to help you work it out who's able to give you viable community resources. You know, with me, I, I don't have all the answers to somebody, but I know people who can help me get the answers. Yeah. You know, I'm always reaching out to Josh and, and his wife for um, assistance and 
back and forth. Just reach out to other people. Just find that network of people that can help you and everything. Yeah. Not somebody who's going to discourage you. That's equally down, you know. Yeah. You know, so just but level up. That's what I'm going right. to say. Level up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, level up. <laughs> Love mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Miss Cynthia, we thank you for taking the time to speak with us this thank morning. You. We thank you You're for welcome. your insight and your perspective. Uh, we appreciate not just what you contribute to us um, in in your constant support for the plays and everything, but what you contribute to women in general. And um, it's been an honor to have you with us this morning. Likewise. Thank you so much. Blessings to you all and everything. And each one, reach one, and we can get through this and everything. And vote 2020. We got to get 45 out of there. Okay. Thank you so much. You guys take care. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Bye bye. All right, people, we're going to give it a quick break, and we will be right back. We usually don't even do breaks on the podcast, (laughs) but we got some guests up here, and we want to prepare them and get them ready. So hold your horses, and we'll be right back for the rest of the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to Seven Talks Podcast. Again, to the left of me, I got Brother Josh. Yes, yes, How you yes. Feeling? I'm good, brother. Rebooting from the first session, yeah, man. Good insight <laughs> on the first first session. Brother Akila, to the, did I say you was to the right of me or did I say left? Say, I don't know. I don't I'm, know, I'm still but, stuck in the conversation. Hey, I'm on both sides. You know? both All right, well, hey, whatever side that I... That I said the first time, y'all, the opposite side of that. (laughs) Brother Akilah, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm ready. All right. All right. And so for our second guest of the morning, we have Miss Letitia Sawyer, who we know as Ale. So if you hear us call her Ale, (laughs) it is in no shape, form, or disrespect. That's my sis. family. She's family. And with no further ado, Miss L, how are you doing this Welcome. morning? Welcome. Let's give it a hand clap. Yes. Yes. How you doing this morning? Be here together with my bros and everything. Absolutely. Getting a little bit, see what's going on in the world. Talk Absolutely. about it. So I'm ready. Okay. Absolutely. Hey, well, we go we go jump right into it, L, but we're gonna we wanna give you the platform a little bit to tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. So, um, I am 50 something years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People don't believe that though. Yeah. And so, um, Josh and I, we, um, both attended school together. Okay. Um, and photography, you know, we fell into photography and so we've been best buds ever since, exactly. you know, Facts. we work together, we get money together. It's been a while <laughs> now. Talk about that bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We was getting some money, and it's you know it's just a wonderful thing, and I love photography. Yeah. Um, and um, so that's about it. Yeah, I kind of miss it. You know, I feel like I'm been left out. I forgot all of the, you know, how you set it up and everything. I'd be like, Josh, money, can you set my camera up for me? <laughs> that's all right. it's, it's just muscle you know memory. That's it. it. It's just muscle memory. Just got to get in front of that's it again. It that's it. Exactly. Exactly. It's been a minute. So I'm looking forward to uh, getting back out there and shooting photography. We had a lot of fun and made a little bit of money. So, nice. nice. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Let me ask you a question, L. What was it, or you know what, let me ask this. What is it like in this day and age being an African-American woman for yourself? 
in this day and age, okay. So I feel like um, I think it's a, according to your personality how you move in the world. You know what I mean? And move in, in, in different settings or what have you. Um, I don't know if I'm answering this right. Um, what, what was the question again? Let me get the perspective on that again. What is it like in this day and age? just living life as an African-American woman? Well, you know, it's no problem with me. You know what I mean? I, I stay low-key. Um, I don't have... Now, there are some discriminations, and I would say that they, uh, Armenians kind of have, like, you know, discrimination. But other than that, I get along with everybody, all nationalities, young, old. I speak to young kids and everything. I can relate to them, and they can relate to me. I speak to them in such a way where you know, they can receive it and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm just always trying to help anyone and whatever thing, you know. Right. I'm going to come in and try and get it done for you or, you know, be some assistant. Right, right. Absolutely. And then plus, like, I'm, like, super, super nosy. So, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, it's, like, really fun trying to dig in and find stuff for me. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I got to see. Well, what happens here? You know, even in a book, if I'm reading, you know, sometimes I'll jump ahead. They're going too slow. Okay, what happened to the girl down there? You know what I mean? Right, right, right. <laughs> so, you know, those are my past times. I, okay. You know, okay, so let me let me ask you this, L. How can we as African-American men uh, protect African-American women, not just in protection, but to the standards of African-American <laughs> women, um, in a way that she wants to be protected. Cause I know the thought of society is as men, we should just know how to protect our women. And in many mm -hmm. ways we do, but I want to take this time to, to not just be uh, assuming, but to take time to actually listen and hear the perspective. And I, I know that was long. So I'll throw the question at you again. So how can we as African-American men protect African-American women to the standards of an African-American woman in the way she wants to be protected? Okay, so basically you're asking um, how does a man protect a woman? Well, yeah, how can we as African-American men protect our African-American women? Not and, and not by just our assumption of protection, but what is some of the things from an African-American woman or from your perspective, let's just put it because you are an African-American woman, what are some of the things, maybe I could ask it this way, what are some of the things from your perspective um, that will be of protection from a man or a man protecting you as a black woman from your point of view? Protecting me from what? Well, all the things that's going on in the world because the biggest kind of conversation right now is that African-American men are not being as protective um, as they could be or they should be of African-American women. And so our whole thing is to take that and get some insight from African-American women on what it seems like we're missing when it comes to protection. Okay, so then... Um you know, I've, I've never, I've never met anybody that didn't protect me when I was, you know, dating. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, they were automatic. I mean, it was just, I felt safe. 
Yeah. But the guys that I've dated when I've dated them because I date a certain kind of guy. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's coming in decision making. Absolutely. And me, just to be perfectly honest with you, I always dealt with shot callers who ran their people. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I've always felt safe, you know, and I'm not a messy person. So it's not going to be like, oh, yeah, I don't like her and her boyfriend came over here. I don't, I'm not a starter like that. That's starter. You know what I'm saying? So if I know that my dude will bring the noise, Mm -hmm. some stuff I'm not going to tell him. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I'm just not going to tell him, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, because at the end of the day, I don't want anybody to get hurt. You know what I mean? I don't want to be the one that, you know, hey, oh, it's my boyfriend and he's a killer. And you know what I mean? Kind of thing, you know? So I'm a peacekeeper. If it's even something, well, then let's, you know, let's be just a little, you know what I mean? (laughs) Right, right. And and that's my perspective, you know, as far as my dealings with black men. So to to the African-American women... Oh, this is another pivotal point. The reason why I believe in my psyche is because my brother got murdered and my protector was no longer there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that made me cleave to, you know, somebody I know, you know, somebody that cares about me and will take care of me and nothing is going to happen to me. You know, they're going to bring the noise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Basically. So, so, fellas, let me let me ask you guys because this just came up in spirit okay. on me and and L. Please feel free to jump in on it too. Okay. What is you are you guys perspective of women feeling unprotected? Are are so, what what contributes to um, a woman feeling unprotected? Because if, if we take it out of relational, because when I think the the saying that's so big right now are, are the feeling mm-hmm. of women are not f- feeling protected. Right. You, you have to ask yourself, uh, fellas, what is it that makes them feel unprotected? And it, even if it's not, is it, is it us not being present? Is it us not? Um, and, and like I said, this has many variables across the yeah, boards. This is no way, shape or form, uh, bashing, <clears throat> um, man, what well, we, couldn't bash African-American men because we're African-American men <laughs> ourselves. Right, right. But I think if we're really being honest and looking in and trying to listen, which is the whole purpose of this uh, episode today, um, trying to gain outside perspective, uh, what do you think contributes to a woman feeling unprotected? I'll go. Um, I'll just you know, comment on my situation. I just know with my wife in regards to her dealing with powerful men mm-hmm. in her career um, in the educational field, I try to give her a sense of being a listener. Mm-hmm. So I always listen. I'm tuned in with her. And uh, I think that's key is to listen and to ask her how her day is going and to be present. And that gives her a sense that, you know, I'm there. Mm-hmm. Security. Um, yeah, security. that security, knowing that. My man has got my back, you know? Right, right, right. And I miss that because, you know, me, I've it's been, what, uh, 10 years now that I'm celibate unto the Lord, you know? Wow, that's and, beautiful. Um, and, um, 
What was the point? What was the point, Lord? What was I saying, bro? We are just talking about just being protective. Yes, yes. Now, my protectors would be my son, but both of them, one's in Atlanta and one's in Vegas. And, and that's the one I told you he's demanding that I move to Vegas. So I'm going to be moving to Vegas pretty soon. He's not taking no for an answer. He said he doesn't like me being out here by myself. Right. And um, he'll get the apartment and his building. So that's that's the next work that's happening right now. You know, he wants to make sure I'm okay. So nice. I'll be moving there. I don't know why I brought that up. Nice. nice. <laughs> let me let me let me throw it to you, uh, Akila. Without because I'm going to touch on on because I don't feel like when the saying is uh, women are feeling unprotected. I don't believe that it just means relational. I'm thinking right. that it's meaning more so than relational. So though you touched on relational, I got which you. was good. I got you. I want to also get an insight on the outside of relation. Um, and and do you need? I'm not saying relationship because relationship goes friendship. It, it goes you know business relationships. It, it goes a long way. Right. But I'm I'm saying outside of relational meaning. Um, a man and woman together, love, intimacy, those type of things outside of that, because um, I still feel like it's a it's an African-American male um, responsibility, not over his family, not over his his right. house first. But um, in the way that things are lining up, I still feel like we have a responsibility to mm-hmm. protect mm-hmm. outside of that. Right. Um, what that does in your household for whoever you with and those conversations you have, that's too <laughs> deep for us to even go into. Right. Right. But speaking right. on the, just the responsibility of the African-American man having um, that responsibility to protect um, African-American women, period. What would be some of your yeah. insight on that, Akilah? Um, My major insight, you know, I have um, a few uh, a few kids, a few daughters, actually, mm-hmm. and I'm um, looking at his perspective being raised by mostly like women like you, Leon. Mm-hmm. I go back, and it's very simple, and I'm not saying cliche, but I go back to the Lion King. Mm-hmm. And when Simba had messed up, uh, he was getting scolded by Mufasa, and he said, you deliberately disobeyed me, mm-hmm. right? But at worst... Mm-hmm. You put Nala in danger, yeah. And so now you you look at the uh, the understanding that your actions or your lack of acting mm-hmm. causes the woman to be in danger. Wow. And if we have to start, mm. if we have to start understanding, because at this point Nala and Simba wasn't in a relationship. Right, they exactly. wasn't. They were just friends. He just right. knew her. Yeah. But Mufasa, if you look at the Animal Kingdom, he's already teaching Simba that you got to be responsible for all these women that's in your community, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so were you so ready to be king? A, a tr- the whole beginning of the movie, he's teaching them how to handle the kingdom and yeah. everybody that's inside. Right. And if we bring that to the black and um, black and um, the black woman and black man, instinctively we have a, a need to protect, right? But because different things have happened to us over the years, whether you call it historical, systematic racism, different things that we put in our bodies, different things that's affected our community, our, our minds have been altered, yeah. right? And so now when we see instinctively we see the police doing something to a black woman mm-hmm. automatically we ready to go but because so much has happened we understand the consequences right. if i jump in if i don't jump in mm-hmm. and as to they're looking at just save me 
yeah. just have my back. Yeah. And I think when we when we get to the to the spectrum, like you said, Leon, my my favorite word, um, and my second favorite word is accountability and responsibility. Mm-hmm. We can't keep making the same excuses that our forefathers have made because now we know better. Yeah. Right. But now we have to be a lot more responsible because the residue has amplified from those times till now, and to where now our women have been being gunned down as they sleep. Yeah. Right. Wow. You get what I'm saying? Wow. Um, and, and, and I say that because the thing that made Fred Hampton's death so popular wasn't because uh, he got shot by the FBI or the, the, the police or the government, however you want to go. It's because that his pregnant girlfriend was in the bed with him mm-hmm. and she survived. Mm-hmm. But we remember his wow. death. We remember his death so much because she was pregnant, carrying his child right. in the bed, but he yeah. died. Yeah. So right. in what mm-hmm. sense of protection did he have in that instinct of a moment to probably possibly shield his girlfriend? Yeah. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. That that right. is what makes it so much powerful because something is connected to the responsibility. Yeah. Right. And we can't we can't just say, oh, I just want to be king or I, I can't wait. Not understanding the consequences and responsibility of that. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. And uh, that, that's that's. That's my gifted brother right there yeah. um, because Great that words, was a powerful uh, analogy words. to uh, bring really. the Lion King and, and look like that. And the Lion King is actually uh, one of my favorite Disney movies. Yeah, it's it not is. my favorite Disney <laughs> yeah, movie. It is. And that's, that's powerful. I never looked at it um, with that much depth. Um, I will now when I go back and look <laughs> at it. So that's powerful, bro. That's powerful. Um, Everybody knows, you know, it's no secret. I was, you know, raised, like he said, by all women. I grew up five sisters in the house, all of that. And the reason why I I also validate what it is that you're saying, um, black women, I, I look at all of my sisters and I look at my mother, I look at my aunt. I look at how they were protective of me. Right. And how they always, it, and that's the one thing that I want to put on the platform and, and show that. We have the responsibility, and I think that's why the African-American women are speaking so loudly and boldly, which they should, because they never fret to step up for us. That's right. real. Absolutely. And and it's been that way looking back since your childhood, when they nurtured you, right. when they, you know, when you did things that shouldn't have been done, right. they were there mm. to teach you, hold you, comfort you, but also at times discipline you. And right. I think right. that they always stepped in the way of, and we just call it motherhood, right. our mother right. instinct. But it's I, I can't speak for the other side because I didn't grow up in the other side. I can only speak on African-American culture because that's what I grew up in and right. I know. And I'm pretty sure the same instincts are there in other cultures. But for this culture, they literally stepped in the way of your fire to protect you every time. Right. And I think that's why now it's being said more so exactly being more so said now that we need y'all to step up we need you you know your responsibility miss l i have two more questions for you and um you know we can sit and talk all day but we 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 on a time restraint but i do have two more questions for you because i do know that you're a mother so i'm interested to hear what's the conversation like um from a woman when raising up an African American child, oh, the, you worry, you know, mm. you worry. So you train them what not to do, mm. what not to do when the police pull you over. Mm. I train my mm. kids that you don't make no moves. You be very polite and whatever it is at all times with them. 
because they're looking for a reason to gun you down, mm. you know? Wow. Wow. And, um, and he went to, he attended Redondo Beach High School. Mm. There was a little bit of racism there, yeah. you know? Uh, we got him in there. We trying to get him in the best schools ever, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and so that was the best school ever, and there was racism there. Like, big white boys wanted to fight my son. Just you know, I mean, like the big, you know, bad boys in the in whatever, um, um, you know, like in the movies, the how jocks. you have those tough the guys, jocks. yeah, jock yeah. guys, right. Right. yeah. And my son is short and stocky, mm-hmm. um, but I learned early on from one of my guy friends. You know, they come over and hang out at the house, and he'd go back up there in the back and he'd wrestle with the boys, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember my son was like about 12 years old at that time. And and he said, he said, sis, he said, your boy is strong, you know? And I'm like, oh, okay, last time. He said, no, 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 listen to me, listen to me. He said he has the strength of a man. Mm -hmm. When I wrestle him, he has the strength of a man. So he has always been strong. And, um, and so he wasn't fearful, you know what I mean? Around, cause there were bullies and stuff. I mean, even though we lived in Hawthorne, there were still people that would try him, you know? Yeah. And I mean, he literally will pick you up over his head and body slam you. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Hey, I mean, like, no really, and, yeah, I mean, they'd be like, oh, he's going to break some bones. I don't know where this <laughs> came from. His father is not like that. I'm like, where's the gene coming from? It's still here. Right. He's not afraid of anything. But he's not a messy person. Very, you know, subdued and everything. You would never know yeah. that he has that kind of strength, you know. So wow. I feel that, you know, my boys are safe, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, they got him out of L.A. Like I said, my youngest boy, he lives up in Las Vegas, and he's demanding that I come and move to Las Vegas because um, I have nobody here with me. You know, I have an illness. I'm on dialysis. Yeah. and. Yeah. He's just like, Mom, I, I'm I'm afraid for you. If something happens and I don't know, you know. Yeah. And I was like trying to talk my way out of it. Like, well, you know that I have the kidney transplant coming up. And, you know, we can at least wait until after that. He said, Mom, it's a 45-minute flight. I'll put you on one, okay? <laughs> I'm not taking no for an answer, Mom. You're moving out here. So now I told everybody. And I, I know that lots of my friends are out in Las Vegas, so it's not like I'm gonna be lonely for friendship, you know? Right, yeah. And um but yeah, you know, so it makes me feel good that my son is, you know, on top of the concern, watching my kid, you know what I mean? Yeah. And making this move for his mom. And this is important because, you know, there are a lot of parents who don't have that kind of support for their own children. From yeah. their own children. Yeah. You know? And um, they have to do things on their own, and it's very difficult, you know? So I'm very, very grateful that I have a son who, you know, just sides everything up and said, no, mom, this is what's going to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely, L. Here's our last question for you. To the the African-American young lady listening to this podcast who may feel in these times an overload of uncertainty, what would Mm -hmm. be your words of encouragement or advice to her okay what well, say it one more time what is she suffering to the to the african-american young lady who's listening mm-hmm. to this podcast on today who may feel in these times an overload of uncertainty what would your mm-hmm. advice and encouragement be to her my encouragement would be to um don't be fearful because i feel like 
you know, um, like if you, you know, you're a Christian, I feel like we're going to be okay. So mm-hmm. don't have anxiety in your body. Just go ahead and understand and know that God has us, that nothing is going to happen. Am I on the right track? Is that what I'm trying to say? Yeah, is that yeah, what yeah. No, we okay. yeah. So, you know, just stay focused on the fact that with all the things that are happening in the world today that we see that are things that are unprecedented, it's just like, oh my God, oh my God, every day it's oh my God, you know, mm-hmm. what's happening in the world. And sometimes, you know, I meditate on that, but then other times I say, well, what's going to happen is going to happen. And then so I just say, Lord, if this is the end of the last days, you know, and yeah. all I ask is that you take me quick. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. my whole family. Honest, I can get us out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I think I changed subjects. I don't know. I do that a lot. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. We, we got we the got main the part of it to, to keep your faith. And these Absolutely. Times keep your faith. And that, and just keep that happiness inside of you and understanding that God is not going to let you suffer even if he takes us. It's not going to be like, oh, my body got crunched up. I felt it. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> kind yeah. of so, you know, I just live along those lines and I don't worry about it because I feel just ultimately I feel protected wherever I go. And, you know, my spiral tingles, whatever you say, you know, mm-hmm. if there's something that feels dangerous about it, I'm out of there. You just never, yeah. I'm just out of there quickly you know i have those senses when i can feel that something is not right you know what i mean and i act on it so yeah so that's just basically how i live life you know all right well miss l we want to say thank you thank you thank you so much for joining us this morning we thank you for your insight and your perspective and um it it meant the world to us to have you on this morning thank you thanks Absolutely. Oh, my God. It's wonderful. Anytime. Anytime. I'm available. Anytime. Thank you. Hey, I hope as me and you being brothers and sisters that or me and you being brother and sister that I've given you a uh, sense of protection because, you know, I got your back. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. You, Lisa, our whole crew. Oh, have you ever you talked any more to Curtis? Yeah, just I just spoke to him today because he was pretty sick. So I'll I'll update you on him later. Yeah, he was. He's he's better. Oh, okay. Tell him I said hello when you talk to him. I will. I sure will. All right. It's been wonderful speaking with you, Sullivan. Love you, sis. Take care. I'm going to tap in with you later. All righty. Talk to you soon. All right. All right. Bye. All right, man. And and that's today's episode, Mm -hmm. which I felt um, very, very good about. A lot of insight, a lot of different things. Um, Before we get out of here, man, I... I hate that this has become the norm, um, even in the short amount of time that we've done this podcast. But I want to say um, rest in peace to Justin Price, right. 31-year-old African-American male right. who was killed by a police officer when he was only breaking up a domestic dispute. Oh, man. Wow. 31. <sighs> but to leave it on the topic of um, protecting African-American women are protecting women just in general i leave it in the words of tupac tupac said and since we all came from a woman mm, got mm, our name mm. from a woman and our game from a woman i wonder why we take from our women why we rape our women do we hate our women i think it's time to kill for our women time to heal our women be real to our women to the next episode mm, we mm. love you thank you for listening Beautiful. Seven Talks. Peace.